Welcome back. It's time for another episode of The Skinny on Beauty. With your host, Cheryl Hawley, digital and influencer marketing expert for the beauty industry. Cheryl Hawley has the company CEO. Oh, she's the CEO of Unite Social, and she single-handedly launched European Wax Center's social media strategy for all their Orange County locations. Her podcast, Skinny on Beauty, offers up digital marketing tips for you to be more successful, inspire more people, and live your dreams through personal development and all sorts of tools she can offer here to be prosperous and a happy entrepreneur. So welcome back, our happy entrepreneur. Cheryl Holly. Hey, Cheryl. Hey, Paul. How's it going? I'm good. Oh, my goodness. So I'm so excited to finally have this guest on the show today because... She told me she's excited to be on the show, so everybody's happy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, welcome everyone to the Skinny on Beauty. I'm your host, Cheryl Holly, and I'm so excited to have Sinead Noronias Rainier. Did I say that right? Absolutely. <laughs> yes, I'm getting better. <laughs> Sinead is here with us virtually. Uh, where are you calling in from today? I'm in San Francisco. San Francisco. Yay. So I know that you just got back from traveling and I can't wait to hear about that. But Sinead is actually going to be coming to Orange County soon for the Affluent Influence Summit. She's one of the speakers, you guys. So make sure that you come to the event so that you can meet her after hearing all of her vast experience in the beauty industry. So Sinead, let me just do a quick intro for you. So Sinead is a dynamic results-driven marketing and business development executive with passionate roots in the beauty, fashion, and lifestyle verticals. She's an entrepreneur with two successful exits of her own, Beautisoul and Ifabo, and a leader in the beauty industry. Sinead has expertise in the entire product life cycle from conception to market and exit. And that is what we're going to be talking about today. So Sinead's going to be bringing us tips to escape with passion for your business exit strategy. So welcome to the show, Sinead. Thank you so much for being here. And, you know, I, I love your tagline on Instagram, beauty industry grandma. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it is. <laughs> I am. <laughs> it's so cool, though, because you are. <laughs> and yeah. you and. and and in such a respectful way, because I remember meeting you at iFabo. We met through Jennifer, and and she was actually Jennifer Matthews, um, and she was speaking at the event. And we flew up to San Francisco together, stayed in a hotel, and um, and I just remember it was my first event. I was just launching myself in the beauty industry, yeah. and you were there. And so I have so much respect for you, and I I can't wait to hear more about your story. So. Tell us how you got started in the beauty industry. Yeah, it, you know, I almost, I always say I kind of just fell into it. Um, I was an eager teenager that first wanted to earn my own pocket money. And so <laughs> I started working for a company that is no longer around, but it was called Garden Botanica. And I remember having to get my mom mm. to sign away because I was 15 years old. I had to have a worker's permit <laughs> and, and then just kind of stayed in, in, you know, in that vertical, but didn't have any real plans to be honest, to stay in it, you know, I had I moved down to Santa Barbara for college and 
you know, while I was there, I became a makeup artist. Oh. I worked in a day spa and then quickly saw that the estheticians were earning more money. So I thought, well, now I'm going to be an esthetician. So I went and got my license and then started working for a plastic and reconstructive surgeon down in Orange County in Irvine for a few years and then moved into medical sales. I sold lasers and power peels and, you know, things, machines like that. And then finally wound up in education. Education. Um, I became a platform education artist for Sebastian, and I'd also worked then for Yonka Paris, a French brand. And from there, you know, loved education, but then was, you know, promptly moved into into sales by my manager, which I thought was, well, I don't want to do sales. And she goes, but you're already selling. Ah. (laughs) Sales and then sales management. And, you know, that's, you know, then, you know, a little bit after that worked for, you know, a variety of other companies, but then decided to launch my own brand in in 2008. So, you know, as I said, it wasn't really a big plan that I had. Um, I never was, you know, a baby that said, I'm going to be in beauty when I grow up. It really wasn't that way. In fact, I still say, I don't know what I'm going to do when I grow up. And I, love it. I love it. Yeah. But that was kind of the, the, the path. But it sounds like it was very, you know, like you, it sounds like you were a yes person, right? So you, you got into a lot of fear, though. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. But you moved through it, right? And I love that you started with something that you were a little interested in. And then just it just grew and grew and grew from there. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, I, I think the universe has an amazing way of helping to push you and guide you and you can either listen to it and move forward. That doesn't mean you have to do it or you can switch directions. And I've always had that, you know, and then, you know, when I started Beauty Soul and iFabo, you know, I had no experience. None of us at the time, you and I together had no experience in, in influencer marketing in the digital world. I mean, that was new. We were, we were at the forefront of that, we were, right? Yeah. And yeah. so I think part of you has to just go, well, you don't know anything either. I'm going to jump right in. You know? <laughs> yes. And uh, I think, you know, that's, that's part of it, you know, but once again, I had no, you know, vision of being an influencer marketing and, you know, in the beauty, fashion and lifestyle space, it just, the, the opportunity presented itself. And like you sell, like you said, I said, yes. And I figured I would work it out and figure it out as we went. Yeah, and you definitely have. And so tell me or tell our listeners as well, you know, you've built two successful companies we've talked about. So Beautiful and iFabo and I'm so interested in learning more about those because, you know, you have such a trained eye for conception to market to exit. Uh, I love that as well. I love the way that you've you phrased that in your bio. And so let's start with Beautiful. Um, what is it and what inspired you to launch the product? Sure. It's so it is a sunless tanning brand. And I, you know, was working for one of the largest sunless tanning brands in the world, actually, and had, you know, kind of worked with them and said, look, I really want us to kind of look at the digital space and this and that. And they Mm -hmm. were like many, many companies at the time. Oh, God, no, we will never sell online. Like, how could you, (laughs) you know, it's all poo pooing. And I kept thinking, God, but that's where that's the future, right? 
And they ended up selling the company, funny enough, and, and getting acquired by a large strategic. And and I was, you know, left the company. And I thought, but I still believe in this vision of being able to sell online and leverage who at the time were traditional beauty bloggers, myself included, yes. as I had started a blog myself. And I just thought it was incredibly powerful as to how all of us as early stage kind of influencers like Jen Matthews that you mentioned from mybeautybunny.com, we're all communicating with one another, how we were sharing information, not only between each ourselves, but also with consumers potentially mm-hmm. and the, our followers. Yeah. And so I thought, well, if you're not going to do it, then I'm going to do it. And mm-hmm. so I yeah. knew that there were certain things that I can do from a product standpoint that could really innovate the company because that's and, and the products. Yeah. Because that is something. It's it's more than just having an idea. It's actually being able to be better than or do something different than the person next to you. Because mm-hmm. the world does not need another Me Too product. It just mm-hmm. doesn't. And so so you, I knew that we could make some innovations from a product standpoint. We could address the smell issue. We could address some of the, the oranging and yellowing on the skin. And then most importantly, my differentiator was being able to launch successfully online in a, in a, in a world where, you know, not that many people were doing a huge amount of e-commerce back in 2008. And so that's, that's how it started. Um, I had an incredible team. My, my boyfriend, then fiance, then now husband, (laughs) you know, comes from the online world as well. He's a serial entrepreneur built, you know, different types of software and and he was like, yep, I agree with you. Let's, let's do this together. And so, you know, we were, we bootstrapped for the first year. We then raised around of friends and family. Then we brought in a strategic investor who also became a partner. And we, you know, while we were taking a lot of guess, you know, making a lot of guesses and assumptions, we were also trying to be as strategic as possible. We were lucky enough to launch um, on HSN, so the Home Shopping Network in 2010. um, And we're on the network for four years and built the brand really by allowing our end consumer to have a voice in the brand. So I I don't know if you remember, but we even allowed our, our, our followers on our Facebook page before we even had a physical product yet to help us pick a name, pick the logo, mm-hmm. pick product names to test product. We would send out lab samples to, you know, a group of a few hundred people to test and to give us feedback. So a lot of what's done today in terms of crowdsourcing and things like that, we were doing back, you know, yeah. in 2009, nearly 10 years ago. So we're, we're very, very proud of that. And from there, really, that's how iFabo was born. Um, you know, because you, myself, you know, all these other influencers and people, you know, kind of really starting to to emerge ourselves into the digital space and especially the social space, I felt that there was no one hub that was kind of housing all of us as influencers. And because I am passionate about education, I formed the organization really, number one, as a community. Um, I wanted all of us to have an area where to go. But then I also thought, my gosh, I live in Silicon Valley. I've got friends at Facebook. I've got friends at Google. I've got friends at Twitter. I mean, Instagram wasn't even around yet. Yeah. But YouTube was barely anything, if you remember. Yes, yes. 
And we, you know, I, I thought, gosh, well, let's get them in to teach us how to be better influencers or bloggers. And that's really how, like you had mentioned earlier, the iFabo conference, you know, then I started to put on conferences. So I did the conference that you mentioned in San Francisco. We did a conference in London. And then... That's right. I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And and that community just grew to which, you know, by the time we exited the company, we had just under 4,000, you know, pre-vetted, pre, you know, kind of influencers uh, within the beauty, fashion and lifestyle space, which once again was was pretty big back in the day, you know. Yes. Uh, And then, you know, proceeded to build a back end technology platform for, you know, for for influencer marketing. So, Yes. Oh, I love it. Thank you so much for sharing all of that. I just love that you were able to take your visions. You know, you're such a creative entrepreneur, you know, and and you were able to take your visions and just make your dreams come true, you know, and and you have this eye for conception, like you you understand where the trends are going. And that's by no mistake. I mean, you have to be in the middle of things. And, and I feel like being in the middle of something really helps you if if you're, you know, diehard entrepreneur helps you, you know, capitalize on what where the trends are going to go. And, um, and you were able to make those come true. And, and, you know, I'm, I'm wondering, you know, was it your goal from the beginning to sell both of these companies? Or is that something that okay, so it was, I wouldn't say so much I fabo, but beauty soul, yes. But you know, it, it depends on I was tired. I'm not going to lie. I was exhausted. You know, you run two companies, you know, which I do not recommend (laughs) all the time. I was lucky enough that I, you know, as I said, I had um, incredible business partners, um, both with Beauty Soul and and iFabo and partners, you know, my development partner, Cindy Engstrom was amazing. My, you know, with iFabo and then as my my co-founder, I don't know if you remember, Tanya from iFabo. You know, it's, you have to surround yourself with really strong people and it's never, it was never me doing it alone though. Right. right. So yes, I can have a vision. Yes. I think I'm a a pretty good leader, but at the end of the day, it it takes a village and it takes a lot of strength. It takes a lot of grit and it takes a lot of nerve. And, and I've certainly lost my nerve a lot of times, you know, you, (laughs) it's terrifying where sometimes you think, oh my God, I'm not going to be able to make payroll because of X, Y, or Z, and you're up at night because you don't know what to do. I mean, there's gut-wrenching moments that entrepreneurs go through that, A, nobody really talks about and is honest about because you always have to put on a face that everything's going well, especially if you are trying to raise money. But, you know, it's it's lonely. It can be depressing. It can be scary. And it's, it's a lot of work. I mean, it's it just is. a lot, a lot of work. But I also think, you know, it was also a little bit of right time, right place. I'm not going to deny that. Um, but that's where, like you said, you have to have a vision and understand where the trend is going and w- what the opportunity is. And as I said, my husband, my husband always has a great quote. He goes, you know, bleeding edge, l- leading edge is better than bleeding edge. You never want to be the one that's so far in front, you know, <laughs> that it. does nothing happens, you know, it's too early. So you know, that's kind of the the balance. Yeah. Um, and I think it's so interesting that, you know, you had that, you know, you wanted to sell Beautiful from the beginning, mm-hmm. you know, you wanted, you know, so and what were, what's the benefit of building the company then to sell it? Is it just to make money? No, I mean, 
look, I think at the beginning, you know, the first year while we were building this, I shouldn't say it was exit, you know, my exit was my vision, but you know, you, you have to, you have to build, I believe you have to build a company so that you can exit because it makes you think more about everything that you do. Cause you're always thinking if a investor were looking at this, what would they think? And, and not that that defines all of your reasons, because that's why you become an entrepreneur, right? Cause you're like, I'm going to do it better or differently or this or that, but yeah. your finances have to be in order from the beginning. Right. You have to understand cash flow. You have to understand where your business is, where it's growing and where, what, how are you going to take that? If you don't have that mindset from the beginning, then you're just going to have a glorified hobby. (laughs) That's where I'm saying like from the beginning, you need to set yourself up from for success and success is generally, you know, an exit or can be an exit. And so that's what I mean by you want to make sure that everything is in place and you're teaching yourself and you're learning. And I'm not saying you have to, you know, I'm not, don't have a business degree or anything like that. But you then have to just look at your business and say, where am I driving? And where am I going? And if this were to be be attractive to an investor, or whatever else, what needs to be in place as far as a foundation in order for that to happen? And so what are some of those concrete things? would you say needs to be in place? Um, One of my weakest, which is one of the most important is, is the financial aspect of it. You know, you can make products all day long, but if you don't have the money to make them or (laughs) you don't have money to market them, you know, and things like that, but you really have to have a, a very solid business plan as to how you're going to get somewhere. But I would say the financial aspect, which I openly admit is not my strength. And that's why I thank God for business partners or, you know, hiring accountants and people like that, because it's imperative. Mm -hmm. It sure is. And, and so how did you get the word out about, uh, Ifabo and Beautiful that you, you know, were, I mean, how did you let investors know, like how did, how did even start with your team? So as far as investment, not consumers, right. Um, so investments, it was, so I did not raise money for iFabo. I only raised money for Beauty Soul. And Beauty Soul was meeting with, you know, one of the partners that we brought in was for, in, in, he was a VC and in finance and banking before. And so what we did was when we were ready to go and, you know, we obviously had built out a, a, a very compelling pitch deck, we thought. <laughs> and then you just have to get out there and start meeting people. You ask for introductions, you scour LinkedIn, you go to events, go to fundraising events, you know, and it's really just a lot of outreach and then asking people for those, those introductions. And so that's how we, we started because at the end of the day, nobody really wants to give you money. (laughs) You have to go find it. No one is going to call you and say very rarely, there are some brands that yes, you know, there's investors crawling all over them, but I think they are the exception, not the rules. So you have to get out there and and look at that. And the nice thing is today, as opposed to, you know, nine years ago when we went through this, there are so many incredible female funds now and mm-hmm. people talking about women raising money and, and doing all of that versus there was that was not even a conversation nine years ago when we were looking at this, even right. five years ago. It's only really now, I'd say, start to bubble. Mm-hmm. So that's what you have to do. You have to do it yourself. 
Yes. Yes. I love that. And we've got we've got probably about five or six minutes left. And I do want to get into the Pienza. Is am I saying that right? Yeah. Pienza yeah, yeah, Collective. Yeah. You know, I know that you serve on various advisory boards. And, uh, but uh, you know, before we go into it, I, I, I'm just curious, does that help your enthusiasm for work? Do, is, is that helping you connect as you're saying, like, get the word out and and really, you know, be in the middle of things? To sit on board? Yeah. No, I look no. at it as more a way for me to give back, um, okay. especially the companies that I believe in, because not not all the boards that I sit on are paid. They're either equity or, you know, so I, I look at it as I've got very, very limited time. So how do I then spend that time to give back? So that's kind of how I look Beautiful. at you know, advisory boards or, or um, you know, things like that. Beautiful. And, yeah. Yeah. And so transitioning a little bit with the Pianza Collective, what do you guys do there? So we are an agency that will help help brands kind of find their way, whether it is an international brand coming into the U.S. market, we figure out how to prepare them for retail distribution because mm-hmm. there's a lot of things that need to be in place, whether it's compliance, regulatory, warehousing, you know, all of that. And then um, my particular areas of expertise is very much like yours where we focus on what is the digital strategy because shelf space is so limited no matter who you are that if you don't have a very strategic digital plan on how you're going to market and sell to consumers directly it's a big uphill battle Mm -hmm. so we make sure that our clients have a strong strategic digital plan in place a social plan in place um, and then we do a large amount of influencer marketing so either large-scale influencer activations and campaigns or to, you know, down to actually the, the full, you know, negotiation and recruitment of influencers on behalf as of a brand is like more of a professional kind of brand ambassador role. So that's that's kind of our focus. One of our partners is does come from the banking world and merchandising world. Um, we do sometimes, although it's not very often, sometimes help with growth capital. So not seed, but really just finding the right proper growth capital partners. Yeah. Um, but that's, that's not our core focus. Our, our core focus is, is going to be, um, you know, retail and then all the digital strategy that has to be layered on. That's so interesting. I love that. I love that you have come together with some other strong women to do that. Are you guys all in the San Francisco area? No, no. We all work remotely, which is the beauty <laughs> of the internet, right? It is. <laughs> no, it really is. My yeah. one partner is down um, in Southern California, in your area, in your neck of the woods. She's in Huntington Beach. And then our other partner is just north of us in the North Babe area. But no, we, we, don't, we, we don't have a, a centralized office, which is great. Oh, good, good. So where can where can our listeners find more about, you know, more about the Pianza Collective and then also yourself? Sure. Our website, The Pienza, just like the city in Italy, Pienza, P-I-N-Z-A, collective.com. I'm also on LinkedIn and uh, all social handles are my first name, last name, um, which is Sinead Narinius. I'm consistent on all on all handles. So um, so it's S-I-N-E-A-D-N-O-R-E-N-I-U-S. 
Awesome. And I will also put it in the show notes, everybody, so that you can just seamlessly, because that's what it's all about today, right? <laughs> seamlessly go to her <laughs> platforms and connect with Sinead if you want, you know, to get into influencer marketing and really drive some uh, retail strategy for your brand. I'm so excited to see you at a Fluent Influence <laughs> Summit on the 6th. Yeah, not this weekend, but next weekend. I'm looking forward yeah. to it. Thank you so much. It was so wonderful to chat with you. Yeah, nice to talk to you. You too, Sinead. Have a good one. You too. Bye. Bye. You've been listening to another episode of The Skinny on Beauty. Right here in Orange County's only community radio station, octalkradio.net.